Hello and welcome to the premiere episode of The Path Worth Taking, learning and listening through the lens of compassion and empathy to hear the stories of wonderful people, deriving in this crazy life a sense of meaning and walking your own path. I'm your host, Drew, Green- Drew Guimond, and alongside me today, the one and only Thunder Nevin. Thunder, how are you doing today? Wow, that intro made me feel like I was somebody. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, thank you, yes. How you been, brother? Good, man, good, good, good. Yeah. How's, how's life? Uh, quite, quite well, quite well. I mean, check it out. We got this uh, set up here. Got everything falling together. Yeah, that's amazing. Maybe uh, you were explaining this set to me. Maybe you should explain it to them too. Yes. This is beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. So this right here is the path worth taking. It's an art piece I had done. Um, it's absolutely gorgeous. I got it done by a friend of mine, Noel. Uh, I will have Noel's link to her art account as well in the description or whatever. And um, I got it done between my first and second year tree planting because I had planned to do this podcast as I was traveling across the country. The thing I really liked about tree planting was the diversity of the people that are there. And there's a lot of people who come from some really, really tough, hard spots. And amongst that community, there's a very much a a non-judgmental feel where Everybody's living in the woods. You don't shower. You're dirty. Like you just go out and you plant trees every day. And even the people who would be seen as, you know, not societally fit or whatever it may be. Like I don't. I try not to carry too much of those connotations myself, but I also understand that the views come in. Um, they had so much, so much to them as well in their life, and. And they faced many difficult times, just like many people have, and had so many great things to say and so much life to bring to the table that it was like, I came up with this idea of the path worth taking. I wanted to go out into the woods and record from my van the podcast as we were going. Yeah, yeah. And now my second season tree planting came along and uh, I didn't get it done during the season. I was having some pretty hard times with mental health at the time, honestly. It was a tough season. There was a lot of uh, a lot of uh, changes going on in my life at the time. I had made this big dream move of getting this van and scooting across the country, yet I couldn't find the motivation to start the podcast and get it going and doing what I really wanted to be doing. And it was just like a, a little block for me. And then eventually I ran over my laptop and the van broke down. No. So it, from there, it was pack the mics up in a little safe, ship them home, hitchhike to Vancouver, and spend way too much money over two or three weeks. It's like um, it's like a thing where you don't really want to fully start it yet because it's still your like baby and development. Yeah. But then when you start to like finally put it out there that you're gonna do it now, it's like oh my god, this is do or die. Like I yeah. need to make this yeah. happen. I I felt that way with uh. I have this little t-shirt brand that I'm trying to make right oh, sacred yes, yes, and it yes. was like it was my like my little baby right like uh-huh. it's like an idea and it's good when it's ideas yeah but when you start to actually do the things that you want to do yeah and it starts to be brought out there now there's so much pressure like that's on it right uh-huh. like and uh-huh. then not only that like real life stuff starts happening you know what I mean like mm-hmm. we decided that we were going to do it and then it's like we had to move and then it's yeah. like you have to do all these things right yeah, and then everybody's like oh when's, when's these t-shirts coming out yeah. right it's like oh uh-huh. you know you're trying to you're trying to balance being the dad being the parent <laughs> being <laughs> the partner being the, uh, the entrepreneur so yeah yeah with all those things man entrepreneur has to take the back seat i gotta be yeah. a dad first you know yeah big yeah. time big time yeah. 
So, so talk about that a little bit. I'd like to hear because, like, I, I like dream of being a dad one day. Yeah. I, I'm very excited to have my own kids. I'm by no means ready to have kids or have them around. <laughs> I was not ready either, brother. I was not. Um, so, it, man, all, all that happened was was uh, COVID happened. And <laughs> COVID babies. COVID babies. No, like, uh, so I, I went through, like, this really, like, bad breakup. Went through this, like, bad depression. And uh, that was when you were over at Mount A, yeah? Uh, no, I was in Sackville, but I moved back home. Right. So right. it was just on top of things. Like, I, mm-hmm. you know, I had this thing of, like, uh, I felt like I, I made it out of the res and stuff like that. So it's kind of yeah. like puffing my chest out. So when I had to move back, it was just stuff piling on oh, top of each other. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, right. And on. so, uh, so mm-hmm. then I went, when it, like, I think it was like four or five months, right? Like I didn't mm. talk to anybody. I did. I had a couple of people that I was talking to. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To exclude names. Uh, but uh, and then I think I got to a point where my buddy he broke up with his girlfriend. Oh, okay. And he told me yeah. about this thing. Uh, well, I already knew about it, but he was like, "You should download Tinder." I was yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I can't do that. And he's <laughs> like, "Dude, just do it." And like my fear was like, what if they don't like me? What if this? What if that? Yeah. Right, man. Mm-hmm. The biggest mm-hmm. compliment booster ever, bro. Like, there's all these girls like liking me. I'm like, oh. right. And so, yeah. um, so then there was this girl that I started talking to, and I looked at her description. She had one kid, uh-huh. and I was like, you know what? I think I'll, I'll think I'll try and be a dad. It was just a joke, right? It was just a joke. So then finally, when uh, finally, like, we started talking, and it it, it went from like you know saying your hellos and stuff like that to finally like hour-long conversations on the phone and uh-huh. hours like hours like we would talk to each other at like two o'clock till like six o'clock a pretty pretty quick connection that you yeah, felt exactly uh-huh. yeah uh and uh so then after that i think it was we met each other in april we were long distance from may june and then july 2nd was when we met our first time ever meeting in person. Yeah. And then after that, we were at a weekend in an Airbnb, bro. You would have loved it. It was yeah. um, <laughs> it was an off-the-grid shack, bro. It was oh, it yo. was runoff solar power and turbine power, man. Yo, nice. Yeah, it was nice, the dude. coolest experience ever. Because, yeah. you know, you would get a like a wind gust that comes by and everything just starts surging through your, <laughs> your house. Like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. So yo. Then after that, like, she was just kind of like, do you want to do you want to come back to PEI because she lived in PEI at the time and COVID mm. restrictions we couldn't see each other. Yeah. So she's like, "Do you want to move to PEI?" And I was like, "I had I had nothing to do right, didn't have a job, nothing." So I was like, "All right, you might as well." So yeah. I went down there. It was supposed to be a week trip. I ended up living there for like five <laughs> months, bro. It was five <laughs> months. Or July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February. So seven months I lived there. Yeah. Ended up getting a job down there. Uh, two jobs, actually. Uh, Working man. Yeah. And then, uh, but but here's the thing, right? Like, when you're a dad, you got nine months to figure it out, right? Bro, mm. I didn't have nine oh. months. I had two. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so so I remember the first time I ever met uh, her son, Gage, uh, my son. Mm. I, it was like, she was like, okay, put in the car seat. My first time ever putting in the car seat, bro. I forgot to put the anchor in the back. Oh, no. So we, we, we took a roundabout, bro, and he tipped over. Oh, he my was just God. like, that's he was terrifying. Yeah, exactly. And then I, I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. It was like literally learning on the spot on, mm-hmm. on how to be a dad. And I knew how to be an uncle. I knew how to do all that stuff. But like dad stuff, I didn't oh, know how to do, you know. Totally different game. Uncles, totally, uncles to dads. Holy yeah, crap, no, dude. Legit. Yeah. Like the, like the first week that I, I started meeting him, like toothaches. Like he had a 
bad toothache because of uh, not toothache, but growing. You know what I mean? Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Teething, yeah, teething, teething. 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 Uh-huh, so uh-huh. Uh, like having to stay up with him till like eight o'clock with with teeth pains. Yeah, you know. And I, I this is my first time meeting this kid, and I remember we we're watching Coco, and finally went to bed, and I'm like, oh my god, thank God. Yeah, because you know you don't want to <laughs> see anybody ever in pain. So no, yeah, no. it was it was. Uh, and from that day on, man, that's when I started just becoming Dad Thunder, and <laughs> shortly thereafter, Dad Thunder. Yeah, I, I ended up. It sounds like a gnarly rock band. Chat. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> trying to think of like, um, oh, I'm, I, I have so many different rock names that I've I've I've, 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 <laughs> I've accumulated over the times. Yeah. Um. But after that, man, uh, shortly thereafter, Takoya was conceived. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we moved to New Brunswick and we had him. Yeah. So now I'm a dad of two. Uh-huh. And it's it's amazing. It's I can't. Uh, Something for school. Nice. Oh, what up, Trooper? What's going on? Oh, no, it's all good, dude. Oh, you, you hanging around for the interview now, Trooper? Yeah. You can stay around. <laughs> we left off at um we were talking well we my brain stuck on dad thunder if i'm honest with you but yeah, uh, yes. it was uh the greatest rock band <laughs> the dad life the dad life yeah which is uh you adopted quite quickly you you jumped into right away and yeah you're 22 it's 22 at the time yeah 22 which is like it's very you got two kids at 22 i like yeah i'm 22 man and i forget to take i forget to feed the dog sometimes like uh, I was twenty. I was twenty one when I first met Gage. I was twenty two, and yeah, so twenty two with two kids. Well, twenty three now. Yeah. But, oh, uh, you're twenty three now. Yeah. Okay, just right on, just right turned it in December. So. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, it's six months now. I oh, guess so I, you're ninety eight. Yeah. Oh man, I thought you were ninety nine. No, I just, I just no, made that. I assumption. got held back a year. No way. Yeah, really? Yeah. Really? I, uh, I just didn't get schooling, and yeah, yeah, it didn't work out for me. But it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me, man. Like, because. Mm. Mm. Um, I, I had this idea, like, I was a screw-up and stuff like that as a kid. Yeah. As, as a little kid, you know what I mean? Yeah, but well, the pressure of doing well in school is kind of the value a yeah. kid has for yeah. quite some time. So. But you, you know what it was, though? It was I didn't have, and I don't mean to, to, to like, can I swear? Or Fuck no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't mean to say I had shit teachers, but I, I kind of did, you know? Uh-huh. And uh, I remember, like, I was in grade two. And I did not know what I was doing, bro. Cause and then they had so many kids, and they gave me like a worker, but oh, no like teacher. EA, yeah. yeah, like an uh-huh. EA. But there was no teacher to actually sit down and 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 walk through this stuff with me. Yeah, you know how those reading levels. You know how you're like. Yeah. When you're in that grade, you're supposed to be at like level A or yeah. level E or level F and stuff like that, bro. I was like level A. Yeah. Still at grade two. In grade two, I didn't know how to read. Uh-huh. So then finally, I I was on I was on school on reservation. And um, they moved me off res, and they moved me into Rexton Elementary, where I met Mrs. Walsh. Ms. Walsh. Miss Walsh. See, every recess, bro, she sat down with me and read me books. And I had to read the books back to her. And from, uh, I think it was uh, one day, dude, we went from, like, E to, like, H. Like, it Yo. was... Yeah, and she, she knew I could do it, right? So yeah. she sat down with me, and she actually did the time she actually did the work with me because she uh-huh. knew what i could do it's not like oh let the eas do it she's like i'm gonna do it with you so yeah. it was like every recess i was in with miss walsh and we were mm-hmm. we were just 
working it out just mm-hmm. every everything that we could possibly do it, it was it was awesome it was the best thing that ever happened to me it was because yeah. not only that but like uh all my friends that i met mm-hmm. like you know it wasn't that much of a difference between each other because i was a december baby yeah yeah so, yeah like, i couldn't think of my life any other way like uh-huh, uh-huh. i always i always say with everything that's happened with my life it i've I had like i've been privileged to yeah live the life that i had yeah yeah that's a really good outlook to have on life I, yeah everything everything bro like um like everything that has happened to me everything that's happened to my family i think that everything in your life is supposed to happen yeah it's like um yeah. every everything that i have happened to me it's happened to somebody else mm-hmm. and in my world like i want to i eventually i want to get a degree and i want to start working with native kids specifically just because uh-huh. of the, the 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 stuff that i had happened to me uh-huh. and it's not thinking anything like bad bad but you know what i mean like <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um but you know like i feel like i have some sort of um like idea of it you know like uh, mm-hmm. for those of you that don't know i've been sober my entire life everything mm-hmm. every well i mean i take i smoke a nicotine pen every now and again but <laughs> uh, you know so sober life uh I, I i a lot of that contributes to my, my my brother and my sister that are since passed away yeah my my brother was murdered when i was mm-hmm. eight and uh, it was at a party they were all drinking and then uh my my sister just passed away and uh mm-hmm. It was a, a suspected suicide. Yeah. And she had, uh, she was an avid drug user. And uh-huh. uh, so, you know, all these people, like my friends, they always wanted to do all these different drugs and alcohol and stuff like that. But I never really seen the. Uh, well, you, you saw the real world negative effects in your oh, life. You oh, know? For, oh, for sure, man. As, like, an, as an eight year old who loses a sibling into that culture, it's incredibly impactful in your in your life oh, oh yeah man like it, it was uh you don't even really get it too either you're no, like, how no. are you supposed you're to explain eight, bro. how, like, how do you explain it like an eight-year-old what happened yeah it, like how, how you can you even explain the complexities of addiction and what it is to, to exa- a grown-up at this exactly point? Like, like like um they were trying to explain to me how it happened and then it's like mm-hmm. well what did what happened why would somebody do that and yeah. they have to explain like oh well they were drinking this and mm-hmm. they ended up slitting his throat with a beer bottle so it's like legit the bottle killed him my goodness yeah it it was it was awful they said that he died as soon as the clock struck 12 on new year's eve wow so every new year's eve when the clock strikes 12 that's when i know my brother died yeah and then and and that's tough right because like right now like as an adult like my brother was my age when he died Mm. my age so mm-hmm. now what I'm continuing to do, my brother didn't get to do. Mm-hmm. My my sister was 37 when she passed away. So at least she had a little bit of a life. Mm-hmm. But like most of that, she she started doing drugs when she was 15, brother. Yeah. 15. She was 37. Half of her life was taken by drugs and alcohol, man. Yeah. And, and it. Terrible, man. And it, terrible. not only that, right? Like my parents, they tried so, so hard to, to, mm-hmm. to, to shield me from all of that life. To shield yeah. me, you know, because they were both sober. Uh-huh. My dad's been sober all his life, and my mom was sober, oh, jeez, I think, like, 25 years now. So, like, they tried to shield both me and my brother, but when you got a sister that's that's doing drugs, it's hard to do. Yeah. I remember, like, when I was seven years old, like, she got beat up, man. Like, because mm-hmm. she, I don't know if she ran out on a, a, a drug dealer or yeah. something. It was yeah. something that happened, and uh, she, she got beat up so bad, like, 
you could see all the bruises and all the the blood and everything like that. So they took her to my my mom's house, and I remember mm-hmm. like my mom thought I was sleeping. I woke up and I looked up, man, and it blood everywhere. But in my head, dude, like I didn't understand the concept of somebody getting beat up that bad. Yeah. So I thought it was jelly. So I like I was Damn. like, yeah, like I was like, mom, what 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 happened to? To, you know, Shyla's face. Why is there jelly all over her face? Yeah. And my mom was like, had to sit there and have to explain to me, like, what happened? Yeah. And it, like, then again, like, seven years old, bro. Like, how the hell are you going to explain that? Yeah, it's it's a, a lot for a seven-year-old to understand. And, like, yeah. from, from what I'm hearing, you've had to, and continuously throughout your life, you've had to grow up very quick. You know, I had, I, I, uh, I, yes and no. I've uh-huh. uh, I was the youngest of nine children, so I'm very much still a baby. Yo, youngest gang. What's yeah, up? What's up? Gang. Uh, so I, you know, um, like yes and no. Like there's mm-hmm, different mm-hmm. things that I had to wrap my head around quicker. Yeah. But there was a lot of things that my siblings kind of still helped me with and stuff oh, of like course. that. Yeah, of yeah. course, dude. Of course. So yeah. Um, but but yeah, man. Like. Uh, but all of that stuff that happened to me, like, happened to my family, like, that's just more information for me to help other people. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there's going to mm-hmm. be other kids out there that have gone through the same thing that I have gone through. And they might turn to drugs and alcohol. And mm-hmm. I'm there kind of like, hey, listen, you don't have to. Yeah. Because here's the thing, right? Is I've never seen somebody ever drink responsibly. Ever mm. until that one night that we went to that party at the improv. Yeah. Uh, after it, the improv. Yeah. Improvisers. <laughs> yeah, but, but like it was crazy. Like, uh-huh. like you guys drank. There was no fights. There was no nothing, man. It, mm. I've never seen that before. I've mm. never ever in my life. Were you at all like stressed going to the environment where people were drinking? Oh, for sure. Just, for be, sure. just because like like drinking to you has been always correlated with these oh, yeah. things. Yeah, because because in my mind, if like and especially at that time, like yeah, I was like, if you drink, you are bad. Yeah, like, in my mind, yeah, and and, and it's hard for mm-hmm. a kid because mm-hmm. you have all these negative things that happen to you because of it. Uh-huh. Then I'm like, oh, you're bad because you drink. Oh, you're bad because you smoke. You're bad because yeah. you're this. You're bad. And mm-hmm. then finally, when I started to like kind of like realize, okay, like real real world people, they don't <laughs> they don't fight you, every time they drink. Yeah, you know. And then I'm like looking around. I'm seeing you guys drink, and I'm like okay you know like it's it's okay like yeah. okay nobody's fighting because i'm always on edge like i don't know if you've seen me like i was kind of more to the back at that time because uh, i remember you stepping outside for a vape break a few times and i remember because i was i was a little drunk and i remember just being like catching a quick moment of like um so i have a bit of like a protective nature in me mm-hmm. like for example last night we were at a bar and uh there was one guy who kept having looks at people and he was by himself at the bar and I don't ever want to be presumptuous by any means, Mm -hmm. but sometimes, um, especially when I actually kind of originally felt this quality and gained this quality through when we went to improv nationals and we would walk around downtown with all the girls. I was a tall guy and I had my big coat on and it was like, it was like, these are, this, this is my family. This is my family here right now. And like, I, I'm on the, on the lookout looking around kind of thing. Um, like last night at the bar, there was a guy who I kept every, I, I would catch him looking at our group. And every time I looked his way, he would look away mm-hmm. very quickly, very quickly. And even as we were leaving, he was like walking down the street and I turned and like looked at him and he wasn't looking at us. So I looked away and I walked another five steps and I turned and looked again and he was looking and he looked away and ran away. And oh, I was like, boy. huh? So I remember that night, um, 
looking in, in at, at you and seeing you and i remember like seeing the the protector thunder present if that mm -hmm. makes sense it's like I, I i saw the um taking in the information around you and like being ready almost if, yeah if that makes sense so i remember catching just a little a little glimpse of that um but yeah uh can continue continue on <laughs> on, uh, on where we were just yeah, that. <laughs> yeah like it was uh it was like that was kind of very much the the, the switch for me mm. you know because because it was uh you know 18 years old everything's been negative in my life so like mm -hmm. you know i i um just kind of like like you said like i'm on edge almost and i'm yeah. trying to like so uh it's not even like protecting others more like protecting myself almost yeah. you know in, in 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 a sense well if you protect yourself first, yeah, you can protect others. Yeah, that's like you know, that's a I believe in that. But yeah, so so then after a while, like I I remember I I know I knew nothing about drinking, and then you finally <laughs> you, you showed me how to how to shotgun a beer. Like so, <laughs> I was like, because everybody's like, oh yeah, let's shotgun a beer. I'm like. How does one do this? <laughs> and then you're like, you've never seen anybody shotgun a beer. I was like, I've never seen anybody drink, man. <laughs> so then you showed me how to finally shotgun one. We were out on Sam's porch there. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. Oh my, man, Andrew Arsenal. Shout out Andrew Arsenal for the yeah. fastest shotgun ever. That was Holy crazy. God, I, I remember one time uh, after improv uh, nationals, he had a water bottle and he sank that thing in like two seconds, bro. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Like two seconds later, it all came out of his nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Risha's got it on camera. I got to no find way. it. Risha's got it. Yeah, Risha, so. dude. I haven't, I haven't heard of Risha. Yeah, yeah shout out to Risha. Shout, yeah. shout out Risha. Shout out, shout out Risha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That was the that was the greatest moment. The, the greatest uh, thing in my development as a human being was improv. I would heavily agree with that. I think that I planned on having a good chunk of us talking about oh, improv yeah. in the podcast because, like, improv is one of the safest communities to play pretend. Yeah, and in this world of playing pretend, you learn. Hello. Improv. Yeah. Improv. That happened. Uh, no, I, I remember you, uh, there was one time you brought a, and no, I say indigenous just because that's what I've learned to know. Do you have a preference of like native indigenous? Brother, you can call me whatever you want. <laughs> All right, right on. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I, I mean, <laughs> just rip into me. Yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, if you have the right intentions, I've, I've had people call me Indian before, and I know that their intentions aren't for mallets yeah i've had people call me i mean you know you don't use the the wagon burners or the you know stuff i've never like heard that, that term yeah, before yeah, yeah. don't most. use the, don't use those but uh <laughs> you know if you have the, the intentions of uh, i would never scold anybody for using aboriginal i would never yeah, yeah, yeah. scold anybody for using i think the right term is indigenous yeah that's what but it, it changes so much brother that i don't even know so, <laughs> so use whatever term you yeah, want to do yeah. whatever you're comfortable with yeah uh I, I've heard you say native most, and I'd, I'd just want to, yeah. I'd rather just like stay on the same. So yeah. I remember you brought a large group of native kids to yeah. an improv show yeah. at one point. I love you guys. <laughs> he found him. Found him. So a large group of uh, native kids were. Sorry. Pine 
I don't know. You don't have one? I don't know. I brought those black pair of scissors out. Where are they? Brant has them. I gotta your get my family, own place. Your family's so nice, though. Yeah. In all honesty, like, like you're even like the way they say I'm sorry. Like my family, just like get the f over <laughs> it. Like, oh, just keep going. Okay. I was on the I was on the spectrum of weed is all bad. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then when I finally got to like the point where I'm like, okay, I can see the benefits of why somebody would do it. Yeah. But then there's the other person that's like weed is the greatest thing yeah. to ever exist and yeah. it's it's the it's it's it, there's no negative sides to it but then when you when mm, you mm-hmm. when you have this person that has relied on it for every day of their life and they haven't ever actually like looked at themselves in the mirror and and, and mm-hmm. what's wrong and obviously i mm-hmm. can't ever like talk too much about it because i was never in their shoes yeah but yeah there, there's a point where you have to stop using it as a crutch yes you that's know? uh i've i've described uh Drugs and alcohol in a poem I wrote uh, as a crutch for broken wrists. Yeah, it's that's a, that's a, that's a great analogy it, it, because it, you're it's it's you 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 have these yeah. crutches and they're supposed to help you walk, but your wrists are broken. Yeah, you're you're putting all the pressure on your wrists and yeah. like you can take the pressure and you can be like, oh, I have these crutches because I have these broken wrists. Yeah, but it's not it, it's although it's I mean this is less so of the analogy at this point. Although it serves the temporary relief at a time i see it as a bar chart where there's a frowny face at one end and the bar chart goes up and a happy face at the other end Mm -hmm. and that is like a thing that you you pay for in your discomfort now and you receive benefits later drugs and alcohol and other coping mechanisms those kind of things are kind of the opposite you have that happy face at the bottom he's cool he's chilling Uh, oh oh he's ready he's like i'm gone yeah he's uh he's gone for a walk but it's all good. It's all good. Um, you guys could knock though. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I see it as like paying for, pay like getting that little bit of comfort now, and then needing to re up on the comfort and re up on the comfort and re up on the comfort, yeah. where the long term ends up paying negatively. However, these people in these situations sometimes they desire they crave yeah. that safety that comfort which is so completely human not not only that though it's like a like a tolerance thing too now all of a sudden yeah. you need more now you yeah. need more now you need more and all mm-hmm. of a sudden there's this ungodly amount that you need to even stay comfortable yeah and then now you have to like like you know like like you said tolerance breaks is what you <laughs> what you need to do like and mm-hmm. and you know that's that's great like mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i've been i've been uh, uh i had to stop smoking weed and now i drank last night but i've been very much no not on the substances the Mm -hmm. mind altering substances because personally i've noticed in my own life that the days following using substances i do not feel as good as i should Mm -hmm. i feel worse i have more negative thoughts i have a harder time pulling myself out of negative thought loops and now once i have the awareness of that feeling there is a decision that is then made every time. And it's sometimes a hard decision to make, but making the decision for yourself truly is what I believe to be like the most important thing is, am I, am I making this decision for me, who I want to be, what I want, or am I making this decision for what I am right now, right here? 
So I kind of differentiate of making the decision for me. I picture me on like a linear time scale. Mm -hmm. It's like that whole thing, that whole life I live is me. Now, the decision to make, the, the choice to make the decision of making the me right now more comfortable um, is less so the decision for me on the whole scale as much as me on just that scale right there in that moment. Whereas, like, I don't, I don't want to make that decision. I prefer my happiness. That's beautiful, you know, bro. That's like, beautiful. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. We were... We were Oh, native na native kids. Native that, kids, native improv. kids, improv. That's just, just to fill everybody in, my name is Drew Gimond. I am 22 years old, and I live at my parents' house. I went to record this podcast in a van where I was going to be living out of and scooting around Canada living the dream. Now I'm in the garage where we get interrupted sometimes. It's 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 great, though. It's it's amazing. Your family's so nice. It's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. So we were talking about improv, and you brought a large group of native kids yeah. to watch an improv show in Riverview. Now I think it was when was it in review or what was going on? It was it was two times. I uh, you got they were doing a, a show to help uh, pay for something. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. and so a, a fundraiser. Show. A fundraiser, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So when I found that out, I was like, I need to get my kids there to stat. Yeah, yeah. And uh, mm -hmm. I I was a jeez, uh, not an emotional support worker, yeah, youth yeah. support worker. I guess my yeah. name would be for indigenous kids uh -huh. at the time. So we 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 were uh, helping at risk youths. So we graded them on a spectrum of green, yellow, and red. Yep. So if they were more at risk to to do crimes and stuff like that, we mm -hmm. brought them into the group. So I had this group of like 16 kids, I think, ranging from 12 years old to 14. Mm -hmm. I think the youngest was 11, actually. So 11 till 14, 15, they, yeah. their ages. And uh, they all loved improv. I taught them it because uh, that was my original job was because improv was my life at the time. And I was like, I could teach them. And yeah. I started teaching them, but they didn't really get the grasp of what improv looked like on a more, I wouldn't, you know, like more professional almost it's, in a way. It's I found at least that it's much easier to learn improv by watching good professional oh, improvisers because yeah. then you just have the frame of reference because improv is so broad oh, and huge. Yeah, right? exactly. We would like my first year, I we didn't know how to do a competitive improv until we seen Riverview. <laughs> and y'all y'all were killing it, man. <laughs> Poor little Bonner Law was just at the bottom of the totem pole. Dude, that year, you know, we only had two returners. There's five of us that were new. Me, yeah. Jada, Sarah, or, or no, Ben Ben was a returner and Jack and Jacqueline. We were all we were all new. He didn't have to rub it in, man. Yeah, sorry, he sorry, man. Sorry, but, oh, well, we humble brag. We had Jeff Arsenault and Mitchell Horn coaching us, yeah. the student coaching, which was like, we they they had known a lot. They had been to nationals before. Mm -hmm. They had seen that high level of competition. And like, honestly, we were just so much better than you guys. So <laughs> <laughs> you got eat shit, Bonner Law. I, I just remember, like, that was like the greatest thing ever. Like, like just meeting. <laughs> These people that knew how to do improv, I remember we were like, "Holy God, they're so good," mm. you know. And uh, you know, after after I, I got all of that knowledge from improv, we'll probably go deeper into the improv stuff. But talking about my kids now, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so my kids, they they were they were awesome, and they uh -huh. wanted to know about improv, and I was like, "Let's go." So I I asked my boss, and my boss was like, "Let's do it." So we yeah. packed up the car. I think we had like we had a big van, yo, we had yo. another uh, small uh, minivan, and then we had a car where we packed up all the kids and we went out 
And yeah. uh, that was the, the the greatest the greatest thing because they were so happy. I remember uh, one of the kids there had the the biggest crush on Jada, <laughs> and, and uh, he was like sitting there. He was like, "Hey, hey, Thunder." Um, I think I remember. I think I like, remember. Who's that girl over there? <laughs> and then somebody's like, "Oh yeah, her name is Out of Your League." And I'm like, oh! <laughs> "My poor, my poor kids, man. They don't uh-huh. give each other breaks or anything like that." Um, <laughs> I wish I was still at that job. Just everything now, and uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm in Moncton, so mm. I can't. Uh, but you definitely have like a huge passion for oh, helping for helping sure. the native kids in, in oh. the community. Like, yeah, that's, which. Personally, I believe community mind and community driven things is one of the most important things for people. My dad wrote a paper on that. No way. It's no collateral way. damage leads to collateral healing. That's his oh. paper that he's wrote on it. That's very interesting. Yeah, I don't. That's really. I never cool. actually read it. I just know he <laughs> made it. So, <laughs> well, so you yeah. know, you're you're in like the F group now, so you might be able to read it now. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, he's also made a, 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 like, kind of like a, he's got a biography book about him, so. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, so it's, my dad's just got a, everything's coming up, William. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I want to hear a little bit more about your dad, because I know that he's involved with the, uh, community in the, I believe it's, now, I'm going to let you finish it, the, because it's, uh, the cultural, uh, practices you guys do, I don't know oh, the names. Oh, yeah, 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 so. so, uh, my dad, uh. I, I was when I say I'm shout out giving, William, shout out William, <laughs> shout out my dad. Um, he is uh, a lot older than most most uh, dads. Yeah. So I'm 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 grateful for that. My dad is uh, was 50 when he had me. Yeah. So um, you, you know he a lot of experience in life. <laughs> like my dad. Oh my god. I, uh-huh. I, I keep talking about him, but uh, I remember when I was 19. I wanted to to buy a, a Versace bathrobe because oh. I had a lot of money. I had a lot of money. I was just yeah. like, you know what? I'm gonna buy yeah. it. And he's he tells me he's like, don't don't buy that. And I'm like, <laughs> what do you, what do you mean? He's like, just don't buy that. Mm-hmm. I was 19. I did a lot of dumb stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, you weren't. Like, Dad, you've always been boring and stuff <laughs> like that, right? He's like, oh yeah. When I was your age, I bought a monkey. Now, no, he was in Boston at the time, right? Yeah, okay. He had a whole lot of money, so he went and he bought a monkey. Yeah. And now this is a different time now, but he, he taught the monkey how to box. Oh, my God. He bought it little boxing gloves, and he taught it how to box. So then now, right? Like, I don't believe him. Like, how the hell are you going to tell me that you got a monkey, but you also got a boxing monkey? <laughs> like, you're, you're lying to me, right? So then so then we're sitting down, right? We're just drinking coffee or whatever. Right? Yeah. My <laughs> uncle comes in. My uncle comes in. And uh, he goes, hey, Wall. His name's Wallace. He's like, hey, Wall, remember that monkey I had? He goes, I fucking hated that monkey. (laughs) (laughs) And he he goes on. He's like, he would give him little boxing gloves and he would punch you. And it was unfair because he had had his feet and he had his tail. So he would wrap (laughs) his tail around him and start punching them and stuff. He would use it as like everything, man. That sounds like a fucking lethal machine. Exactly. So then they brought it back for a parakeet. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they put it. They put it back. And they said because they they went to go put the monkey back because they're like the monkey punches too hard. Uh-huh. So then they were like, "Well, you're not gonna get your money back." They're like, "Can I have that bird?" And they're like, "All right." So they gave him parakeet for yeah. the monkey. Yeah. So that's hilarious. Um, but yeah, my my dad, he's fifty, so uh, he had a lot of experience. Uh, basically, how it happened was was uh, my dad was on this journey of spiritual healing. 
Yeah. So in in this life, my my brother mm-hmm. uh, Muin, he was uh, he got diagnosed with the cystic fibrosis. Yeah. So my dad, they told him that you're only gonna have him for about two or three more years. Mm. So then my dad was like, well. Western medicine has only been here for what, like a thousand years, mm-hmm. but you know, native medicine has been here for like 2000 years, let's yep. say. Yep. So there has to be something else other than Western medicine is what he said. So he mm-hmm. went on this journey looking out for different things that he could help the, my, the, the my brother. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he ended up finding this thing called the Sundance. Yeah. And uh, dad loved it and he kept going with it. And then it got to the point where eventually that he brought it down to Elsa Bookduk. So it's mm-hmm. originally a, a a Blackfoot, more of like a Plains uh, indigenous people's ceremony. Okay. So like, you know, Sue, the Blackfoot, Blackfeet, like the Dakotas, like they, they have a whole bunch of Sundances. So we ended up uh, finding a, a, a spiritual leader by the name of uh, Keith Chief Moon. And uh, we ended up transferring the ceremony from out in the blood, uh, Indian blood reservation, it's called. Mm. And uh, we transferred it from over there to Elza Bookduk. Yeah, okay. So uh, after that happened, uh, what the Sundance is, is it's a, um, basically uh, our motto in life is like, like with native people, when you want to pray for somebody, you give up something, right? So yeah. like like tobacco. So say mm-hmm. if you, you something will happen with your grandmother and you need prayers, then you would give me a little bit of tobacco and I would give that up mm-hmm. and I would pray to the creator. But if you need something a little bit stronger, creator already owns that tobacco. Yeah. Like that's already his. Yeah. So if you want something stronger, what is technically the only thing that is yours is your body. Yeah. Okay. And your sacrifice. So what we do is we do this, well, we fast two times out of the year, four days each. So that means no food, no water. Yep. So that means like uh, from... Four Thurs- days. Yeah. Four days at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so from Thursday night, so as, as soon as 12 hits, yep. we're into the, we call it the compound. It's this white fence. Yeah. And you're in the compound and you're not allowed to drink and you're not allowed to eat uh-huh. on your own unless an elder, like a... a, a we have a we have you know it sounds a little barbaric but we actually kind of modernized it a little bit we have a we have our own paramedic on site oh yes so he's he does like blood sugars he does like Uh you know blood pressure and stuff like that so it's actually really like i really like i love the idea of the combination somewhat of the western, western medicine yeah native it, it, medicine it, yeah it's, it's really cool and and my dad he, he kind of uh attributes that to like global warming and stuff like that because you gotta be it's not mm-hmm. the same it's not the same ceremony that we were doing a thousand years ago yeah. because the world's getting hotter you know okay so that's why he's adopted more of like paramedics and stuff like that yeah okay right on, right on. so we we go in on thursday and you're only allowed uh water if an elder like so my dad gives it to you so sometimes when it rains that's like the like creator giving us medicine so he'll give us like cups of water and stuff like that and if rain falls and it happens to be in a puddle or whatever you want to (laughs) do if you're hurting for it go ahead man but uh we don't do that Uh, so uh yeah like it was it yeah like it's the greatest thing to ever happen man Uh because you got four days of just 
shutting everything out. No phone, no nothing. And it's yeah. just you and creator and a couple of your boys. Yeah. And yeah. you're sitting there, you're starving, dry heaving, but it's, oh, it's, goodness. it's fun, man. Goodness. But then after we do that, so we do that twice a year. So yeah. we do that in May and we do that in October. And in the second week of July, we yeah. go through the Sundance. So that's no food, no water. Yeah. You're out there, you're dancing every day. Yeah. So that means on your feet, sun, rain, shine, doesn't matter. You're out there. Yeah. M- moving. 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 No food, no water. And and like sunburns, your mm-hmm. feet hurt, you're starving, you're thirsty. Really, you're... really giving your body up. Oh, oh really, yeah. Really. Oh yeah, man. Like I've 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 had like my, my brother, he got to the point where his whole body seized up. Yeah. Like it was like bad, man. Scary, yeah. It was scary. I mean, at yeah. the time I was I was I was focusing more on myself than my brother. So I yeah, see him yeah, seized yeah. up, falled over. I was like Somebody will get him. At least that's not me. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. So you know, they they'll give us they'll give us medicine and stuff like that. So like <laughs> water. I think COVID times now they're getting a little bit more like conscious of it. So they give us like bottled water now, just because mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it'll stop like dipping the cup in water, and you know what I mean. If oh, somebody yeah. has it, so at least yeah, you yeah. stick to your water. I'll stick to my water. Yep. So, uh, but even that, like four days a bottle of water for four days like that's your 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 pee is orange after bro like i i can't it's it's off and then and then on the fourth day we uh we pierce so uh yeah yeah. we take a little bit of our skin and um i I don't know how to explain it they basically pierce the top and they stick a, a peg through like a wooden peg so um mm-hmm. it's like a it's like a pencil like a dowel but so with a it, sharp it like a like a pinch of the skin and then like it goes through like some my dad has done that before but usually it's like a pinch right uh-huh. so then once once it's pinched they cut the top and then they lift it open like that uh-huh. so like the 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 dernum or whatever you say like yeah, the skin the, top yeah, there yeah, the... uh so that's just open and then once that's opened up they just take the peg and they slide it through there so that's why it's sharp so it could just slide in and then they okay. take the scalpel out so then you're just kind of there. So you have like an open, an open little cut there, and then you have a peg through. Yeah, then? but it's on on the on the chest. On the chest. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So uh, you have two of them, and and then uh, that's on the fourth day. But on the third day, if you want, you can drag buffalo skulls. So that's going to be on your back. Yeah, yeah. You so, told me about that before. Yeah, that, it's, the the imagery of that, the idea of that is, oh my goodness, it's, it's a little like like shivery, like. It is the. Uh, you know when you get into a spot where you're stuck, yeah, and you have all this anxiety, and you're like, "Oh my god, it's gonna end well. It's gonna end bad. It's gonna end yeah. bad. It's gonna end bad." And when it finally, it's like good, yeah, and it ends out, and you're okay, and you're out of it, and you're yeah. just like, yeah, everything is just fine. Everything's dandy. You're like, yeah. oh my god. Every time that I break off, bro, like I'm crying because it's yeah. like it's like happy cries because you're like yeah. sitting there. It's like everything, like all of all of the things that were going through the year, every bad thought in your head every oh, thing fuck, and, hey. and then it's like every it's like holding you back bro and yeah. you're like sitting there it's like you're trying to break off everything that's happened in the yeah. past yeah and then once you snap off yeah. and that little bit of pain bro <sighs> you just you feel alive bro electric yeah. it's the greatest feeling on the planet man is right when you're on. you're right four on. days you're dog tired you're, uh-huh. you're gross uh-huh. you stink mm-hmm. you, you you're just it's it's awful right but mm-hmm. then when you're when you're, oh, I, I totally forgot the biggest thing is the tree. It's Sundance and revolves around the tree. It's called the tree of life. I'm sorry, I okay, get cool. I get so everywhere. Hey, you good, you good, you good. So there's this tree in the middle. 
right? Yep. And that's called the tree of life. That's kind of like, we kind of think of it as like an antenna, right? Like from, from the spirit world, oh, okay, from cool. our world to the spirit world is, cool. is, is what the idea is. Yeah, nice. And so we have our ropes connected to this tree. So like basically all the prayers that I have that I'm giving. So if it was to your, your grandmother, mm-hmm. I would pray for your grandmother. And it's like, as soon as I'm, I'm praying and I'm praying for your grandmother and those ropes shoot off up into the, 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 the tree, that's kind of like my prayer shooting up. To the, oh, to the to the to the antenna yeah. to the spirit world and then, yeah exactly cool, to the cool. big guy to the big guy <laughs> to the big guy uh-huh. and it, the greatest thing about it too bro is that it's it's not like um it's not like a um continue on it's it's like a multi um religious thing right yeah so like say we have somebody that that you know who's Muslim and he says alhamdulillah you know, we have somebody, it, it's not like we're saying that our God is better than your God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not like that. No. It's not like there's a certain God. No. Like some, That's why I really love the use of creator. Yeah. Because like one of the things that comes across in religion often is the is creator. It, yeah. Is, is the, the, the God, God. What, whoever God created, is whoever yeah. created it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoever did it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you, like it's the idea of, you know, someone like I don't, I don't know if somebody believes in it, but in my mind. Well, you, real quickly, I want to just talk about belief. I have uh, I actually I have a, a note on it. I, I just um. Actually, I don't really need the notes. Uh, so it's just a quick, like, it's it's a so religious people and people who have beliefs tend to survive surgeries mm-hmm. and recover faster. There's something in the world that m- believing helps. Yeah. Now, what you choose to believe in is, of course, up to you. Um. So, uh, where was I? Okay. So it's uh. Some people will make fun of people who have crystals. They're like, yeah. oh, your crystals, oh, that doesn't do anything. There's no science behind this crystal yeah. doing anything, yeah. yada, yada, yada. Well, what I say to that is if I'm holding this crystal and it means something to me and it gives me a power through a belief and then somebody says to me, your crystal means nothing mm-hmm. and then my crystal means nothing to me, it's like the belief of it being something shouldn't change because somebody else has told me it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So a personal thing that you have and you hold that is this belief that is, you know, I believe this helps me. So it helps me. Yeah. You know, like it's like, I believe in this. So I believe in this. Like the yeah. nature of belief is believing. Exactly. So, yeah. Like if you're not hurting anybody. Yeah. Like, yeah. How, like what, what does it matter if somebody believes in an amethyst? You know what I mean? Like it's not mm-hmm. hurting anybody. No, 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 if no. You, if you, Steal it from a child, and oh, yeah, 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 um, but uh, like that's the thing, right? Like, like a lot of people, like, oh, that's not our way, that's mm-hmm. not it, but but it's but it's like, how are you to tell me that Sundance is not our way, mm-hmm. right? When you when you're you're driving a car, man, like go drive a horse, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. In my mind, it's yeah. like it, yeah. it, we adapt, bro, like we yeah. adapt, hell yeah, so then hell it's yeah. like it's like. Alcohol is in our way. We never had alcohol. Mm-hmm. So, the, but you're gonna go. You're gonna go drink that, though, right? Mm-hmm. So then, how the hell are you gonna tell me that what I'm doing is bad because it's not our way? Then go drink alcohol. Yeah, it's there's a, it's such a hypocritical nature. But but to, but, to but it's not only that though, bro. Like 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 I'm not I'm not just doing it for myself. No, right? like like I'm not doing it for just my family either. 
Like I'm doing it for the for the person that's in a wheelchair that can't walk, that can't do what I'm doing. Yeah. And I see that person in 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 the in the arbor in the crowd, and they're they're sitting there, they're really praying. Mm-hmm. I do it for that person because they mm-hmm. can't they can't go in there, they can't pray for their grandmother. So in my mind, I'm like. I'm praying for that person's prayers. I hope that that person gets some sort of enlightenment from this mm. because it, life is so short, dude. Uh-huh. Like, how are we supposed to judge people for what they believe in? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't doesn't make sense to me. It does. And, and I, I like what you say about um, praying for their prayers. One of the uh, eleven, you know, eleven eleven comes by, you make a wish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when I was younger, I stumbled across this, and like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a fairly like. Uh, logical person if that makes yeah, sense like i'm yeah. like a duh, 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 duh. but uh i was like okay so like what is the best wish to make on 11 11 and like i'm like man like oh man oh i wish everybody else's wishes come true because now Boom. every that just doubles every single wish there's now every single person who has made a wish it's like bang now you get you get here's another <laughs> wish and now now it's more likely to come true so like uh, that's that, that's amazing. <laughs> I wish for a girlfriend. <laughs> I was I was sitting there every eleven eleven, bro. Sitting there praying, crossing each fingers, brother. Come on, come, come on, on, come on! It took me fourteen years, but I did it. Yeah, now now we got that thunder. Now you got dad thunder. You know what? You know what sucks, man? Is you're talking about body positivity, right? Yeah. I hate myself. Mm. I hate the way to look. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then like I'll, I'll do I try and do things to switch it, but mm-hmm. it seems to never work. And it, I think a lot of it comes back down to like like I my crutch is is food. Is mm. I revert back to that. Mm. And uh, you know like as as a kid, bro, like man, I thought that I was gonna grow up alone. I thought that I was gonna and kids thought that too, right? Yeah. Because I was I was always chunky. Like I've always. Mm. Been a chunky kid my entire. I remember you tearing your pants on stage. Oh, yeah, I did. I did tear my pants on stage, and um, that's the run of my life. If if I show you right now, bro, my I'm so glad my missus. She loves me so much, and she knows I love these pants. She sewed these pants four times because oh I love goodness. them so much, bro. If you look at them, right? Look, boom. Oh yeah, you got a couple yeah, holes in there. I'm, got a, got a I'm, couple holes in there. I'm, I'm torn up. I'm yeah. torn up, uh-huh. and uh, but I I I always thought that no girl would ever love me. Mm-hmm. Because people also told me that too. I remember there was this girl. Who the fuck told you that? Kids, bro. Kids are mean. Kids are mean. And uh, and it, mean. you know what? You know what the sucky part is though is when I adapted and I started be become funny mm-hmm. because these kids were mean to me. They started liking me. Then I started being mean to kids too. Yeah. Like it sucks. It sucks. And now I look back at it. Right. There's a couple kids that I used to bully, and I'm like, fuck. Yeah. That sucks. That sucks because I look back at my life. Right. I look back at all my things, and I'm like, man. Those people were mean to me, and what did I do? I didn't. I didn't sit there and be nice. To, I mean, I be. I was nice to the people that were mean to me, mm-hmm. but then I proceeded to be mean to the people that were nice to me before I wasn't yeah. cool. Yeah. And that sucks. That sucks. I look back at it, right? And like, uh, I, I wish like I could talk with them, but you know, mm-hmm. Facebook and stuff like that. They don't ever message me, and rightfully so. I was a jerk, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I'm pretty open with that. I, I, I. I you know, becoming a bully, it's just a way to, to adapt yeah. almost in a way. And, uh, I, I always believe that like hurt people hurt people. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I was hurt. I mean, I'm I like, even to this day, I still am. Mm-hmm. Although I don't try and, uh, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I remember there was one time, uh, we were doing like this art thing 
and there was this girl. Uh, she still messages me on Facebook. She's the sweetest girl. She's name is Brittany, and uh, she she's special needs, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember she had like the biggest crush on me. If you're watching this, Brittany, shout uh, out Brittany, shout out Brittany, and um, she had the biggest crush on me. So she would be doing her art and she'd be looking at me, right? And I remember there's this one girl that was sitting there, like you know, like a typical mean girl, and and now we're friends, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was like, oh, that's probably going to be the only girl that he's ever going to get. And in my head, bro, like that stuck. Mm-hmm. That stuck. And it still stuck. It sticks with me to this day. I remember who the girl is. I remember where I was. I remember it's like, like I could just close my eyes and go back to that exact moment. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about a book I've recently bought uh, from a guy, Walker Campbell, mm-hmm. Walk, Walker Campbell, Struthless on YouTube. And the book he wrote is called Your Head is a Houseboat. And it's really cool. It explains a lot of different psychology principles and mental health principles through like a lot of imagery, Mm -hmm. a lot of cool things like your head is a houseboat is what he says. And what you just described is something that he would describe as a freeloader on your houseboat. And it is like, and like you knowing exactly where it was, who Mm -hmm. it was, like the advice that Walker gives about it is like to let these voices get very loud, Mm -hmm. let them yell at you. And then, kick them out because it's your houseboat and we create an environment in a certain part of our houseboat that keeps all these freeloaders and they just fucking party and mm-hmm. tear apart your houseboat they're just going on and it's everyone who like i have a really bad one from my second grade teacher who was an absolute sweetheart and i loved her so much mm-hmm. and one time uh we were an- i was answering questions in class and i was like oh that's easy oh that's easy like yeah feeling myself doing math and she turned and snapped at me and went drew some of these kids might be having a hard time doing this yeah you know be quiet and like since then i have always 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 made myself smaller and tried to make people feel comfortable yeah because of this now so it's not a terrible thing that I went through this and this freeloader exists, but that freeloader to continually yell that message at me yeah. is like, well, I already, I already felt that way. I already learned that thing. Like, uh, like it's like mm-hmm. now, now it's time to kick that, kick that freeloader out. So uh, it's a, it's an incredible book. Your head is a houseboat. I might, uh, I might slide a copy to you. It's, I hey. have it in the, have it in the living room. So uh, I mean, anything to help me, brother. Yeah. Yeah, I really, <laughs> yo, uh, no, man, that's, that's, yeah, like anything we, to help, cause, cause that's my thing, man. Is I overthink shit, even, yeah. even to the point, like, like stuff when I was six or seven, like I'll yeah. overthink everything. Yeah, and that's the one thing, like I gotta mm-hmm. kind of sit back and let things go, almost mm-hmm. in a way, of. Mm-hmm. But like after that, bro, like after after that, all that stuff happened, and that girl told me that that's the only girl that would ever love me, bro. Deep depression, like like I never told mm-hmm. anybody about this, but I wanted to commit suicide. Yeah, because in my mind it was like. Like when I 11, 11, I wanted a girlfriend it, that was like everything to me because mm-hmm. that was like that was like that's what you do. You you go up in life, you get a kid and then you just kind of like do yeah. so. You're not not exactly get a no, kid no, no, do it's, so. But you know like, what I mean? Like you live that you, you go, you get a wife, you live a happy life. Exactly. You're you have supper yeah. together. You know, you go to your job and you come. Yeah, home, exactly. Like, exactly. And so when this girl told me and, you know, she was the mean girl, she knew everything. So when she said that that was the only girl that would ever love me, then it's like, what's the point in even living if nobody would love me for the way I look? Yeah. For the way I act, for the way, you know, all these different we things. We all so badly desire to feel loved and be loved so much my dad says 
the biggest addiction in life is love. And I can't, mm. I can't, cause, cause mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like I, I've seen love make people do some crazy things. I've, I've done crazy things. Bro. <laughs> I'm that person. I've, well, me too, man. Me too. Like, um, I, I connect with that a lot. Like, and then, and then finally, I think I was like 13 at the time. I finally got my first girlfriend when I was 15, man. I, big and then, win, big win. and then, uh, you know, that was like the longest relationship I had. It was like five years mm-hmm. and like, love you 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 eat sleep drink that person every day mm-hmm. and you get to the point where it's like it's like the same thing like a crutch like you get used to this person because mm-hmm. you rely on them for for things because i don't i never love myself same. i was that's the same same thing it's it's finding the love of another person enough to make you love yourself it's 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 the it's the best feeling on the planet yeah is when somebody else loves you and you like you know so then you you're, you're going to that person yeah and you're you're getting all of this love from them and then you you sit down and you freaking hate yourself you hate yourself i uh-huh. hate everything about me bro i had such bad acne i didn't realize that i had a beauty mark on my face till i was 21 because mm. i was so focused on the acne i was so focused on no all these way. things seriously seriously i never realized i had this till oh. i was 21 years old that's a little poetic Exactly, right? Because I'm so focused on all these different blemishes and all these different things. Mm-hmm. I never realized that the, the term beauty mark was on my face. Yeah. Till I was 21. Till I, I, I you know, me and my, my ex, we split up and it was a pretty bad depression I went through. And, mm-hmm. and uh, man, mm-hmm. it was it was awful. But there was little things that I had, um, you know, like I, I found like different things to like look bright upon, you know. Like this little beauty mark. Oh, I got, you know, at least something on my face is beautiful is yeah. what I think anyway. And like my girlfriend now, my my fiance, we got married. Uh, you're getting married. Getting married. Getting married. Well, I won't give that any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah, want, don't yeah, want anybody yeah. crashers showing up, man. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm getting getting married in September and I am like God, that's so cool she, she was wrong <laughs> the girl was wrong yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, yeah and, and on record there was two girls that liked me <laughs> three girls including Brittany yo shit yo, there shit. you go that's there you go she was three times wrong three times wrong three times wrong mm-hmm. um but man tinder that was like <laughs> the best thing man you know yeah. just because yeah, you're like being able to get the get, get the 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 confirmation that exactly you know you know and and, and you know what the you know what the worst part is right is like you know how you're 15 and you start to figure out how you're going to talk to girls and how you're going to flirt and how you're going to do this and how you're going to do that Mm -hmm. i missed all of that Mm. like i missed all of it uh because because it was a five-year relationship bro so from 15 to 20 i was just living my life bro you know what i mean you didn't have to do much you know Mm -hmm. and so then finally when i turned 20 bro now I'm out in the wild. Now I'm now I'm trying to figure out how the hell to talk to people. I'm trying to figure out how to talk that, to girls. That's I I also had uh like a four and a half year relationship mm-hmm. from tenth grade till second year university. So that it's nuts, right? Like because uh-huh. and and then all the things because it's like it's like you have to reply, but you can't reply right away because that makes you seem creepy. Yeah, you yeah, can't reply. Yeah, you know, all these different yeah. stigmas. Like like uh-huh. it was hard. It so was hard. Rules exactly. It's and like I, oh. God, this, 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 like I gotta, and I have to present as this so that, In, like, you gotta, you, you gotta show enough, but not too much. Mm-hmm. You got you gotta be vulnerable, but not enough. Yeah. You have to be, and then all mm-hmm. these different things, man. And it was like, it was tiring to the point, you yeah. know what I mean? It got to the point where I knew there were certain girls that I could talk to. And my type of flirting was like, tell me about your trauma. 
Because because that's all I want to know. Like it's not like I want to use it against them. No, but no. It, it's more so like uh, in my life I had this happen to me, and I know I don't. I never really had a whole lot of people to talk about it with. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about it, and then I'll talk to you about it, and then we'll see. We'll go from there. Yeah. So there was like these girls that would tell me all these different things, but then when you do that, you're like more friend material now. You yeah. know what I mean? So then, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. even then, with that, like I've. I've created so many great, great friends. and If my wife isn't my best friend, then something's wrong. Man, she is She is amazing. I, you know... Uh, <laughs> so, so, sorry, sorry if you, you and your wife aren't best friends. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> she, she's... My, my, my fiancé is amazing. Um, I, like, absolutely adore her. Uh, mm. it, it got to the point where, uh, you know, she had ideas of marriage and she wanted to marry me. Yeah. But I was at this point where you go five years, right? You go five years thinking that this is going to be your everything. This is going to be your all. This is yeah. going to, this, you have all your, your things mapped out and that gets like pulled away from you. You don't want to get that comfortable again. No, you got swords. You got, you're walking around yeah. in this relationship. Woo! Cool. I almost caught it. Yeah, that would have been pretty sweet. I'm yeah, I would have. I'm going to, uh, well, I'm going to finish this real quick. Uh, you get, you get swords. You don't want it. You've been through a situation where you've put so much into something that, like, it's like, fuck, dude. Like, I don't, I don't want to go back into that. I don't want to yeah. be hurt again because yeah. that hurt was the worst fucking thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah, I wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemy. So, so you you build up all these this armor and this plates. And I kept telling her like, mm-hmm. like I want to keep going in this relationship, but I don't want to get too comfortable. Yeah. And so she was like sitting there and she's like, I'll wait for you. I'll wait for you. You know what I mean? And and, uh, it got to the point where finally um, I was at the fast and Mm. I was telling my buddy and they they were like, uh, you know, every, you know, you talk in the middle of the night and stuff like that with the boys. And so I remember I told them I was like, like, this was when I was a kid, like 18. I was like, I think I'm going to marry my, my ex at the time. Yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, bro, do it, do it, do it, do it. And then a couple of years later, they were like, remember when you were going to do that? And I was like, yeah, I know. And then they were like, what about your girl now? And I'm like, I don't think I'm going to. And then my one of my buddies was like, why not? And then I was like, well, I don't want to get hurt again. And, you kinda... and then he, he looked at me. He's like, why are you punishing her for what someone else did? Oh, yo. And that's when I was like, words, bro. wise words. I was like, that's it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask her to be my wife. And yeah. that next day, brother, I asked her. Yeah. Had a ring and everything, man. Everything just worked out. We'll talk about it more, but we have to fix the tech technical difficulties. Te- technical difficulties, yeah. All right, and we are back from a little technical difficulties the there. Pee break, water break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A little recoup. Um, but yeah, I asked her to be my my wife. My sister had a ring. And mm. I, I asked her to borrow it, <laughs> so I'm still paying off the ring. <laughs> borrow it? Yeah, yeah. You know, my sister loves me, so I borrowed it, and uh, <laughs> I'm still paying it off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, that's that's my life now, is I asked her to be my wife. And, uh, you know, it's just it's uh, amazing from where my life was and where my life is going, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know? And I, I think a lot of that has to attribute to finally... Uh, Taking the leap and getting a uh, taking the leap taking the leap and getting a psychologist. You know, hey, like a, you yeah. know, it's it's amazing. You go to therapy. I go to therapy, Man, bro. Jeanette's my girl. I go to therapy. I go once every two weeks. Recently, I started going once every three weeks. I I mm-hmm. I uh, I got um I forgot his name. He's a he's mm-hmm. from PEI anyway, and you know, I realized that a lot of the stuff that I was doing before was toxic. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you don't realize that, right? Because you're so insecure. You're so, like, in your head. It, you don't realize that you're, like, kind of, like, low-key an asshole sometimes. Dude, straight up. Straight up. Yeah. It's, it's, and to this day, I still get, like, I, I recognize some of the toxic traits, cycles, behaviors that I have. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I even, like, push against it. Yeah. I go, oh, I can't do that. I can't, I can't, like... This is like I, I like it's like almost a, a, a hyper awareness on it where yeah. I become fixated and then I'm like I need to change my behavior right here right now because I don't want I don't want to be like that even though I'm the one creating the narrative and the story behind me doing that like, yeah like the thing not not to take away from the thing that happened because like all like it's like yes I, the toxic traits behaviors things that mm-hmm. we didn't know about because of mental health issues that you bring to light I then end up being like oh my like continuing the cycle of beating myself up over something I was unaware of. Yeah. Like, like if I knew the impact of the things that I were doing, um, specifically, uh, so I have a hard time validating myself. Mm. I often use others to validate myself, my perspectives, how I feel and things like that. So when it comes to just like a, a difference in argument, a disagreement, I will, forcefully shove my perspective down the throat of another person because I can't tell myself my perspective means something. Mm-hmm. I, I need somebody to agree with me. I need, I need someone to, to validate me on it. And that is like one of the most raw recent discoveries I've, I've made. And yeah. I, my, my, <laughs> it's crazy when you finally realize something that you were doing mm-hmm. until uh, what I realized was, was, I hid behind myself as, well, I'm a good person. You know Mm. what I mean? So all these different things that I was doing, I didn't realize were toxic because I had in my mind that I was a good person. Mm -hmm. So then when I look back at it, like, you know, good, good people do bad things sometimes. Right. So then when I look back at it and I'm like, holy shit, you know, like I was, I was insecure. You know, there was like times that like, I was like, you know, insecure. Because all of the things that happened to me, and that mm-hmm. doesn't give me an excuse. But if you look at it and you say, "Yes, I was insecure," and then you continue to change it, yeah. Like when I first started like dating my ex, like man, she she still is like a smoke show, you know. Mm-hmm. And so then I thought that she doesn't, she shouldn't belong to like date me because mm-hmm. I'm just this crap house of a person. Mm-hmm. So I thought that she had like other people that she was going to. So then I, I became even more insecure. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then on top of that, like I because of the idea that I'm I'm a good person and I do good things, it kind of creates like a victimization almost to a point. Yes. You know, where you're yeah. like, well, oh, boo hoo me. This happened to me. Yeah. Boo hoo me. This happened to me. Boo hoo me. This happened to me. Yeah. It gets to the point where it's like like I saw a post where it's like not every like not every person that you encounter is like crazy. Maybe it's you. You know, and then it's like mm-hmm. to an extent of like, OK, yes, you can say like this happened to me in my past relationship. But mm-hmm. it also has to be like, well, I did this, too, though. Yeah. And I and, it, and it's about admitting to yourself like, OK, I wasn't the best person. Mm-hmm. But and it, even now, like even the relationship that I'm in now, like I'm not the best person. Like I fuck up a lot. Yeah. And but it's about taking that and acknowledging it. And actually acknowledging her, like like with my missus now, like I'll tell mm-hmm. her, like, I did this and I'm sorry. Yeah. 
And you know, at the heat of the moment, sometimes I'm like, I'm like, after world, it's ending. I yeah. don't care. Yeah. Ah. yeah. And then I'll come back. And I before I the world was ending, and that was my that was my mood, and you're gonna have to deal with it. And yeah. then I wouldn't apologize afterwards because why would I? I'm a yeah. good person. Good people do bad things. Yeah. But then yeah. afterwards, I never really had that moment of I'm sorry. So mm. then after a while, like when I started going to therapy, right? And he started mm. like kind of opening up these different layers to me. Then I now I'm like, I'm sorry. I did this. I didn't mean to. Mm-hmm. I'm flustered because of this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. Before then, I couldn't even determine what made me upset and what did it. Yeah. But now because of therapy, I could determine why I am the way I am and uh-huh. why I am. And like a lot of things too, man. Like I think I have, uh, I know a lot of people say it, but I think I have undiagnosed ADHD. Yeah. Well, I've recently just started getting bivans because i was undiagnosed adhd for a long time like sometimes it's so hard for me to focus on things like especially and then i'll get to the point where i it's like you're trying to focus on so much things to the point where you're just like like your your brain is screaming yeah and so a lot of times like Mm -hmm. that internal like angst just turns to outward angst and then i'm just like i'm just in a crabby mood but man my missus she's so amazing she Uh, she's uh, just kind of like okay gonna take the boys and let's go uh, (laughs) like give dad his his dad time yeah yeah. so i'm just in the room just like (gasps) and finally like after i'm like kind of like you know it's important to feel those things it's important to feel those things a lot of patient bro a lot of fucking patient and acknowledge that too right like acknowledge okay like like in that moment, am I like like flustered about different things? And it's like different little stuff. Like I'm mm-hmm. I'm hyper fixated on this, and I'm you know something happens. Like I think one time, like I was making supper, and I dropped all the food. I'm like, oh, life sucks, yeah, you know. Yeah, so yeah. then, so then I'm just like, I'm just in this pissy mood, and then yeah. she's just like, yeah. let's order, skip the dishes, <laughs> and then I'm like all pissed off because I wasted three hours making this meal, and then yeah. And yeah. then, you know, it just acknowledges, like, I'm sorry I was upset. I was upset because of the food. Yeah. And I yeah, wasn't yeah. upset at you. I was, da, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. That, like, oh, man, therapy. That's amazing. Therapy. Fucking love therapy. Yeah. I love therapy. One of the things that I want to clarify about therapy is therapy is not to fix something that is broken. Everybody no. thinks, oh, I, you go to therapy because you, you, you got something broken. Therapy is more like doing yoga or stretching. Yeah. So good, your, your yeah. muscles get tight, they get tense mm-hmm. when you don't take care of them. And then if you try and run, you're going to cramp up, you're not going to mm-hmm. feel great. Therapy's like the stretching and yoga of your brain. Mm-hmm. It's going and it, it, it's relaxing it. It's getting it into a spot where it can function a little bit better. Um, and you can just feel better. Yeah. Like you can, you can learn so much about yourself. It's great. It's crazy. It's crazy. Especially you have that kind of like comfortability of knowing like, okay, this person's not going to tell other people because they're in a contract. Like they can't actually do it. You know, hopefully my therapist, Mm. I wish I remembered his name. I do. I like, it's been a while since I've talked with him, but Mm. like Mm -hmm. since the move and stuff like that, man. Oh yeah. He's in PI. Yeah, exactly. You you have to call. Do you ever do Zoom ones? Because like Zoom, Zoom I don't know. I like being in the presence of a person. Yeah. I like that too. Like I think the last time in person that I talked with him was June of last year. Uh, Yeah. So, and after that, it's been like, phone calls or stuff like that yeah yeah but he's so he's so cool like he's like he's a dad too he's a new dad but he was he was he's 35 right yeah so he's like he's gotten through life and stuff like that meanwhile i'm just 
you know, I'm, I'm your this thunder kid. fucking Nevin, the man I know with one of the biggest hearts I've ever oh, seen, a guy you. who breaks cycles, who works hard, a guy who believes in what he does, rips pants, rips pants, yeah, rips pants, a guy who deserves so much love in this world. Ah, oh, thanks, brother. I Seriously. appreciate it. Seriously. I appreciate it. That's amazing. I love you. I love you too, brother. How about we get a hug? Yeah. All right. Honestly, I think that's probably a good little way to. Uh, and and it, yeah, uh, yeah.